Hello, 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 and welcome to Courageously Kind. I'm Maddie. And I'm Liz. We're twin sisters and best friends. Together, we share stories of especially kind humans doing especially kind things in hopes that these conversations motivate and inspire you to be kinder to yourself and others. When we're not speaking with an incredible guest, we'll speak directly from our hearts about what it means to us to be courageously kind. We're back. <laughs> we were gone for a couple of weeks because we got crazy busy with graduation and graduation parties, but we're finally we're back. back to podcasting. Yeah. It's really exciting. Um, thanks for being patient with us. <laughs> we wanted to talk really quickly about Disability Pride Month. July is Disability Pride Month, and it's not as well known as Pride Month that we had last month for the LGBTQIA plus community. So we're hoping to raise a little bit more awareness for Disability Pride Month all throughout the month of July. So happy Disability Pride Month. Today we're going to be talking specifically about Liz's condition, Golden Heart Syndrome. We've talked about it a lot before, but we wanted to have a specific video that you could go to if you had any questions. I just had a brain fart. Okay, I'm going to be interviewing Liz, sort of, (laughs) asking her some of her most frequently asked questions, and hopefully answering some of your questions, clearing up some misconceptions about what Golden Heart Syndrome is, and getting to know Liz a little bit yeah so let's jump right into it do you want to explain just a little bit about what golden heart syndrome is sure just the brief basic rundown basic rundown golden heart syndrome whoa can't talk today golden heart it's been a couple weeks since we did this podcast thing so we're getting back back in the flow in the hang of it so it is a rare congenital condition and it's a syndrome, so it's not a disease. We always call it a condition, um, but a syndrome is a collection of signs and symptoms. So it is kind of a collection of anomalies, abnormalities, um, that is all-encompassing, labeled as Golden Heart Syndrome. So it's not a disease, it's not something that's contagious, it's not something that Liz caught at right. any point in time. Um, it's characterized as a congenital condition. And it's a congenital birth defect. So you're born with it. It happened before you were born. Um, in my case, my face didn't develop, grow and develop properly before I was born. So it's not something that you can like develop over your lifetime. You're either born with it or you're not. And it's not curable because it's not really a disease. We always tell people, um, think about, you know, it's just a structural issue. It's not um, a disease or anything like that. And syndromes don't typically have cures. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. probably methods of, like, prevention Mm -hmm. and things like that. And there's treatments. Treatments, but not like a cure mm-hmm. because it's not a disease, it's not something like cystic fibrosis or you know, cancer, even that has a, right. a cure right. or a method of stopping it because mm-hmm. it's kind of like once you've developed, you have it, right? Yeah, yeah. it's not really something like you get rid of mm-hmm. per se, 
So in my case, I have a cleft lip and a cleft palate, meaning that my lip and my palate didn't grow and close. So when I was born, my lip was open. My palate was like open. I didn't realize that your lip and your palate are some of the last things to come together yeah. and form on your face. Because there are a lot of people that are born with cleft lips and palates that don't have Golden Heart Syndrome mm-hmm. um, and are just born with a cleft lip mm-hmm. or a cleft palate, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So that happened. Um, my eye didn't grow and develop properly. I'm missing my mandible. I don't have a jawbone over here. Um, I'm missing an ear. We can get into the ear story a little bit later, but if you can try and imagine my right ear, I have to do the little elephant. I do too. I never remember which oh. side is which. <laughs> my right ear was kind of like all in like a little bow. Like a little knot. We called it a knot ear because it looks like a knot, but it also was not an and ear. We're a real honey family. So that was removed. Question yeah. Do you have an eardrum on that side? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. It is covered by, I think, bone or cartilage or something. So all of like the inner ear I have. But any, like, obviously there's no exterior. It's kind of like, imagine, like, a door, like, covered up, like, closed in. Okay, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, no ear canal, none of that stuff. But all the inner stuff, like... So, can you hair. hear a little bit yeah. on that side? A little bit. If you were to put headphones on that side, um, like, in any hearing test where you put headphones on, um, I can hear a little bit of frequency. I can get to it. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So I think we covered everything on your beautiful face. Um, <laughs> Golden Heart Syndrome, um, no one really knows what causes it specifically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an abnormality on one of the chromosomes um, in development. It was first documented and called Golden Heart Syndrome in 1952 by a doctor named Maurice Goldenhar. Shout out Maurice, um, who was an ophthalmologist, so an eye doctor, and also just a general practitioner of medicine. It affects one in every 3,000 to 5,000 births. So we were just talking about this. It's not, it's enough to be considered rare, Mm -hmm. but it's not extremely uncommon. Mm -hmm. It's not really like astronomically Mm-hmm. uncommon and over the past couple of years through the internet and social media we've met so many people with golden yeah. heart syndrome i think growing up mm-hmm. not seeing anybody else we were lucky we knew another family that okay. actually were twin sisters and one of them had golden heart and one of them didn't so we were really lucky to know so them lucky. and they only they were they lived like an hour away from us yeah which was crazy crazy so we were really lucky to know them but through the internet, we've gotten to know so many more people with Golden Heart Syndrome, which is really, really cool. So, to get into some more specifics, does Golden Heart affect your day-to-day life in any way? Um, A little bit. The quick answer is like, no, because it's what I've always known. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think it affects my life at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I am like the slowest eater alive. When you think about it, I'm missing like half my jawbone. Mm. Eating is very slow. Um, I have about 2100 vision in this eye. 
So um, technically legally blind? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But like if I close my eyes, I can't read any. Mm. Can't read anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't see that time right there. Mm-hmm. No clue. But I have 2020 in my other eye. So she does all the hard work. She wakes up for everything. There you go. And other than that, it really doesn't affect, you know, my day-to-day routine. Yeah. yeah. Liz did wear glasses as a kid. I think they thought that that would help strengthen the other mm-hmm. eye, help her read and things like that. But as she got older, they realized that there really wasn't a whole lot of, of difference, whether she had mm-hmm. glasses on or whether she didn't have glasses on. So. And they, were, they weren't healthy, and so we thought, you know... Why bother? Yeah. They're not helping anything. Yeah. Yeah. And the other eye is 2020, so. That's good. Mm-hmm. Did you know you can legally drive a car if you have, like, decent vision in one eye but are legally blind in the other eye? You can still drive a car. Huh. Very interesting. So interesting. I'm trying to think <laughs> of some more commonly asked questions. Does your condition cause you any pain? Yeah. No pain. I'm, I'm pretty happy and healthy. Good. <laughs> Which I, say, I tell that to people, and sometimes they're, like, surprised. Like, oh, like, really? Oh. Really? You're... Oh. Are you sure you're not in any pain? Are you sure? Okay. Um, hurts. Let's talk a little bit about surgeries, if you're comfortable. Let's go for it. A lot of people ask, after first hearing about Golden Heart Syndrome, can you have surgery to fix it? Mm. And <laughs> the answer is... Um, we're working on it. <laughs> We've been working on it. Yeah, but. so I've had around 30 surgeries. I say around because sometimes we do what's called, like, piggyback surgeries. So you'll do, like, two different procedures in one time and setting. Um, so mm-hmm. some people count them as two. Some people don't count that kind of as one. So I say around 30. So I don't really know. Um, it sounds good around 30. It sounds good, Yeah. So, the first, like, big one that I remember was called a jaw distraction, where they, I think I'm going to get this right. It's intense. They break the jaw, reset it, and then they put things in. They put, like, screws and things in so that the jaw comes forward, and every day you would have to, like, tighten it so that it would move forward. So I had that when I was four. <laughs> Talk about trauma. Oh That's intense. Wild. That's intense. Um, and then the next really big one I remember, they took the knot ear off. And they took, apparently, I was just reading about what they did. Apparently, I had an extra rib. Which is like, what? Which is weird. Or extra rib cartilage. Mm-hmm. So they took that out made an ear out of it and stuck it on my head. <laughs> it was, I don't want to say it was like an experimental procedure. No, but it wasn't, I mean, it obviously wasn't a normal procedure. Yeah. Um, and we kind of held our breath about it yeah. for a while. Now the ear didn't, it couldn't hear, it wasn't like functioning. It was yeah. more for um symmetrical purposes and mm-hmm. also at the time she was wearing glasses right so she needed something to hold, hold it think up. about how you wear glasses over your ears you need something to hold a glass a glasses a glasses <laughs> a pair of glasses yeah. on your head yeah so i had the rib ear for a while for a good 10 years 
And I had a couple different surgeries with that because the first one they made it and they stuck it like flush to my head. So as you can imagine, it was like stuck down all the way. Mm-hmm. And then I think we had two more to bring it out. So, so it looks it like would, it, because yeah. your ears don't sit flat to your head. Right. So I think we had two of those mm-hmm. to move it out. Did you have it pierced? I did have it pierced for a while. It would get infected like all the time. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, but then we got rid of it and started to that. There you go. Um, when I was 15, they made the ear big, um, a little too big in hopes that I would grow into it because I made it when I was seven. So the... the And your ears are one of the last things that continue to grow, which is really interesting. Yeah. So they made it big intentionally, thinking I would grow into it, but I never grew into it. And it wasn't completely symmetrical because in order for it to be symmetrical, they had to go into the hairline more. And I didn't want to interrupt this beautiful hairline. So so they made it and it sat lower than a normal ear should. So when I was 15, I had plans to get a nose job. We'll go into the nose in a minute. Um, But they said, you know, if you really don't like it, if it doesn't feel right, if you're uncomfortable with it, we can just take it off. And we can get you a prosthetic and we can just... We should have brought the prosthetic. Damn it. Forgot it. We'll have a separate meet well, the prosthetic interview. Sure. So, uh, 15, they took it off. And it's a beautiful star now. And now it's just all flat right here. The skin is like skin from like my stomach. It feels kind of really, can I touch it? It feels kind of really cool. I don't know. Have you ever <laughs> had like a scar and you feel what a scar feels like? It feels like that. Yeah. Like smooth. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of feeling over here either. Hmm. But she's cool. So they took that off, and... How old are you when you got your prosthetic? 15? 16? 15? Yeah, 15 or 16. I've had that ever since. I don't really wear it a lot. I kind of, like, after I got the prosthetic, I'm so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. But I kind of had that realization of, like, it's never going to be a real ear. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of, like, oh, I want, like, a real ear. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks really real. It looks really real. And... She sat with an artist for like six hours and they like matched her skin tone perfectly. It was such a cool day to sit with them and like watch her do it. And they had, she had like basic colors. Mm-hmm. It was like red, yellow, blue, a little peach color, green, brown. And that and was then to it. watch them color match it. Mm-hmm. And did they take a mold of this ear they did, and then they flipped it? Yeah, and then they flipped it. Um, so it I think really that cool. prosthetic is also pierced. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she can pierce it more if she wants. If she wants to. I know. I feel weird about poking it and putting holes in it. Yeah. So I don't. But it's just, it's a little bit labor intensive to put the prosthetic on. Yeah. I'm so grateful I have it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I don't wear it often. It's just a lot. Yeah. If I want it, I have the option. If I want it, I have it. That's cool. So then, going back to surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, nose job? Nose job. So when I was born, my nose was kind of like collapsed. Um, you can kind of see the scar goes all the way up to the nose. So the lips were open, 
but the nose was also open. And you know, you don't realize this whole thing. Can you see? Mm-hmm. Stick my fingers out your nose. <laughs> Everything was open to like here. Up so to the, the nose. Right. So the nose was open as well. Um, I think I have a baby picture on my Instagram where you can see that. But um, follow my Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the nose was open. So when I was really little, they did like an emergency nose job. Like kind, kind of like a quick stick fix, it. stick it back together. Does it function? Yeah. Good. Can you get a little air in and out? Good. So that was a temporary, like, quick fix situation. And then when I was, like, 15, but when I was younger than that, mm. my doctor said, literally come in with any picture of a nose and we'll make you the nose that you want. Because we had to do kind of... Which is so cool. so weird. It's like a little kid. It's like a catalog. Pick up a nose. Right? You don't realize, like, the different nose shapes. Yes. Until you, like, are looking at noses. (laughs) Sidetrack about noses. (laughs) So, I came into it and I said, you know, I just want it to look a certain way. And they made it. And I had a nose. You've got a good nose. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of it. Do you have a deviated septum as well? Oh, yeah. Really deviated. And when they were all done, they came in and they were like, how did you breathe with that? <laughs> so messed up. You were like, well, I made it 15 years, so I was breathing yeah, somehow. Yeah. Now my nose is really, like, firm. Yeah, you know how, it's like, not... the end of a nose is, like, really cartilage-y? Liz's is not... I guess it's cartilage like, on the sides, but yeah. it is, like, firm. Yeah. Can the thumbnail just be us playing with noses? Can it? No, we have to make it look nice. Okay. I think we covered all our bases here. We did. Liz has braces. I do. We want to talk about orthodontia a little bit. It's really boring. We don't have to go into that. I've had braces for like five years, and I'm going to have them until the end of time. Oh, stop. <laughs> no, they're waiting until I get the mandibular Yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So we eventually are getting a jawbone. Woo! Jawbone! Sounds like we're like getting a new car or something. Getting a jawbone! Woo! Probably cost more than a car. Um, And so what they'll probably do is do like metal or plastic. Like they call it a replacement. It's not a replacement. It it was never there. But um, I just lost all my thoughts. But they'll put that in there. And then hopefully once that's all healed, the braces come off. Cool. And my whole face will look different. Ah, we love it. That's crazy. Do you think that'll be one of the last big procedures? Yeah, that's it. I'm done after that. I think. There you go. Yeah. Alright, are we done? Um, Liz has a really small airway. <laughs> so surgeries are always interesting because if you've never had a surgery before, what they do to put you to sleep is they have a tube that goes in your mouth down your throat. And that helps you to breathe while you're asleep. Yeah. Um, keeps it stable. Yeah, because, like, when when they give you all the drugs and stuff, like, everything relaxes a lot. Which your airway can Relax, right. Relax. And your lungs can, like, not work well. Yeah. I don't know. So because Liz's airway is a little bit small, surgeries are a little, little bit nerve-wracking because... It's scary. Um... You need a a tube in there to make sure that you mm-hmm. aren't breathing. Yeah. Um, and we've had a few complications with 
that. But hopefully this mandibular replacement yeah. will um, help open up that airway a little bit, help yeah. open the back of the mouth a bit. Yeah, they'll bring the whole jaw like up, like forward. forward. Uh, so if you can imagine it, like here's the airway and like here's the jaw. Right now, it's kind of cut in it. Kind of close in there. Yeah, it's kind of close in there. But hopefully with the replacement, it'll bring the jaw out. Give the airway some more room. Yeah. So then, you know, knock on wood, but you ever need another operation, intubation won't be yeah. as big of a cause of concern. Yeah. I tell you the last time I felt the extubation. Yeah, Liz had to be... Really weird. The last surgery Liz had was kind of intense. Okay. But here's the thing. It was the first one she was there for. First one I ever went to the hospital. And it with, was Because I was old enough to go. It was the easiest procedure... Literally of my entire life. Yeah. I went to the orthodontist that summer, and they were like, You're, you have, like, scar tissue inside on your bottom lip. We think your mouth is too small. And you were like, yeah, I could have told you that, but... Right. Um, <laughs> but they said, you know, we really would like, you know, to go in there and kind of make some more roots and just cut some of the Remove tissue. some of the scar tissue. Yeah open it up a little bit, just so it's not rubbing all the time. You're not wearing down that muscle. So I thought, okay, easiest procedure of my life. Quick, easy. Quick, easy. Hold it, I say. So I was like, great, perfect first procedure for me to go to. Hospitals make me very nervous. Mm -hmm. You did good. Thank you. I did Um, not do good. (laughs) They had some problems getting the breathing tube into Liz's throat. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Liz has, Liz has had the same surgeon her whole life, mm-hmm. which is great. We love him. He's yeah. part of the family at this point. But he's very cut and dry, mm-hmm. and he's very... He always prepares us for the worst-case scenario. Which I like that. Which I like that, too. Yeah. And I used to really hate that. But I really enjoy that because mm-hmm. he came out and he was telling us all of these things of, like, she's not going home tonight, which we were like, what do you mean she's not going home tonight? Um... She might be have to be on a ventilator. And we were like, what? And we freaked out. Um, and the surgery was like a, like an hour-long surgery turned into like, I don't even know how, I think it was about four hours. I have no idea. Felt like eternity. Yeah. Um, but then he came out at the end and he was like, yeah, breathing tube's out and she's fine. You can go see her. We were like, what? Were like, what? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me? It was wild. Um, but he's amazing. Yeah. And he prepped us for the worst. And then um, it didn't happen. And then it didn't happen and we were so relieved. Yeah. And he took good care of ya. Liz has got a million stories like this. We could do yeah. a whole episode on funny surgery stories. We hospital could. stories. We should. <laughs> we should. That was funny. Okay. I think we covered all our bases here. Yeah. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? Any any misconceptions about Golden Heart you want to clear up? Hmm. Final um, words. You know, I always say... Just treat everybody the way you want to be treated, um, with kindness and respect, um, and talk to them like they're a human. You know, they're no different than you. I'm no different than you. I'm no different than her, you know. Just, you know, again, it comes back to kindness. I will necklace on it says, be kind, mm-hmm. and you should be. That's it. If you have any additional questions about Liz and about Golden Heart Syndrome, feel free to send them our way. We are total open books. 
Liz loves talking about herself, if we're being honest here. Um, you can send them to our Instagram. You can always DM us on Instagram at Courageously Kind Podcast. You can email us your questions at CourageouslyKindPodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you follow us on TikTok, you can leave a Q&A in our, a mm. question in our Q&A yeah. box. There we go. Um, <laughs> and yeah. subscribe to our YouTube, so you can just... Leave them in the comments, too, too. if you have a question. Whatever you'd like. Thanks for joining us. We hope you learned something. Yeah. And um, be nice to people. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This is a long one. We'd like to give a huge thank you to Anna Waltz Landscape Contracting for their support of Courageously Kind. Anna Waltz is a family-owned landscape contracting company in Berks County that has served Pennsylvania for over 35 years. If you're ready to get your landscaping project started, visit AnnaWaltzLandscape.com or call 610-916-7070. Anna Waltz Landscape Contracting, beautifying Pennsylvania one yard at a time. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, feel free to share it with your friends, your family, or anyone you think might like it too. And if you want to support the show, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Or check out our merch store at CourageouslyKind.org. Take good care, and we'll see you back here real soon.